All right, you are recording. You can uh, begin whenever you'd like. And one, two, three, excitement. That was a good comedy song. Was it? (laughs) That is the sound of laughter in the arena, though. (gasps) You would know, huh? Yeah. Damn, that's amazing. Comedy Store would like you to know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are strictly those of the speakers or authors and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions held by the Comedy Store and its affiliates. What's the biggest arena you've done so far with um, I think probably the Red Rocks Theater. Where's that? It's an amphitheater in Denver. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. It's normally, well, for the most part, it's a music venue, but... Every so often, I think maybe like twice a year they have comedians there. Mm-hmm. And I did it with him uh, maybe three years ago. But recently, the uh, Tacoma Dome. Oh, yeah. Tacoma with uh, Joe and Dave. Joe Rogan. Was, yeah. They, they broke. Not me. And I don't take credit for any of that. I just say, well, I held my I'm own. sure you killed it, but yeah. yeah but no, that's they, nobody came to see me. Right. You're you saying know, they sold the they, tickets. They sold the tickets. Then, you know, we all. They brought, broke all the, the records. They brought the tickets. They broke the tickets. They fucking ran out of beer. Oh, you know you perfect. don't know what to expect. That's like going to like that's like some crazy. That's like going to do a black comedy night and then they run out of wings in Hennessy. The management has to be fired. I gotta be honest. <laughs> we did a we lost our liquor license here at the comedy store uh-huh. years ago. Just some dumb Halloween party that Pauly threw, uh-huh. and they wound up showing up and giving us a mark. So we had to do ten days no liquor, and this is like nineties, late nineties, right. and it fell on a fat Tuesday. Oh, my oh God. Oh, boy. They were upset, right? <laughs> oh, boy. No Ciroc. No Ciroc. What you mean you can't get Hennessy? What oh. you mean you can't get Apple Martin? We can't get an Damn. Apple Martini. It's a good thing I'm a street fighter because that shit went down yeah. that how night. Affect, how do you think it affects comedy? The people, the comedians, did it, did it make a difference with the audience in, in regard to the- Of course. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean, people- So many comedians- Aside from people being furious- A lot uh, of comedians weren't funny without the alcohol, right? <laughs> It's like, whoa, you didn't, suck, bro. Didn't Chris Tucker's mom try to open a comedy club? In, they did it in, this is a, a story I heard. And know, it was no alcohol. No alcohol, but they had alcohol. And I, this is a story I heard, and I don't know the truth behind it or whatever, but heard it from a couple places. That Because cause I don't know if Chris Tucker is a Jehovah's Witness or something super religious. No, his mom's very religious. Yes, yes, yeah. they're very. And Chris Tucker went into place and took all the beer and went out back and started, I mean, all the liquor and started smashing it up. Oh, I don't Needless know about that. Needless to say, that, that club yeah. is, um. Yeah. No longer in existence. I believe that. Yeah. Chris, I remember um, when he first got here, because he came like 93, 94, right, right after he did Def Jam, he did all that. And Mitzi fell in love with him right away. He's a he's one of those guys. So likable. So likable and just so animated and just like you see certain people and you just tell that they're superstars. That, that was the one I, the only comic I saw become an overnight success. Yeah. Quick. And like it was, was in fact, was a kid. His, his start was he. Uh, they have this. They had this big uh, a comedy uh, competition in, in in Oakland called the Bay Area Black Comedy Competition. Uh-huh. And this was back when Def Jam was really popping. And for the most part, people that did well on that, they went on to do Def Jam and do some other things. But when Bob Sumner, who was a talent um, executive for Def Jam, when he saw him, he saw Chris. Chris only had like they told him straight. He said. He only got like seven minutes. I know it. You know what I mean? But the seven minutes he has will change his life. Yeah. You know? And he was one of those guys. Back then, Def Jam was like, you could have a catchphrase. Next thing you know, you're overnight success. Amazing. You could have a standing ovation. Next thing you know, you have an overnight success. 
And I remember certain people were just explosive on that show. And when Chris Tucker came out there, and the first thing he said, the first thing on his words was, pissed off, man. <laughs> he said, pissed off. Same time, motherfucker. Yeah. He said, yeah. pissed off, man. He said, I'm, and he said, I'm so broke. If a nigga robbed me, it'd just be practice, right? My favorite joke. And it's like, you're not too so many. So dumb. Not too many it. comedians can have have the type of uh, a persona mm-hmm. or even a set to be able to destroy. Yeah. In like the first <laughs> sentence. A perfect example of a person that did that for me, and I hadn't even done comedy yet. I was just I was I was just a fan of comedy. And I'm in DC, I'm laying in the bed with this chick, because that's what I do. Okay. And um I'm feeling you. You know, in DC. Hey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know <laughs> not much just, to do in DC. Just, yeah, just Everybody lay knows the, that. Just lay up in the bed and watch specials. <laughs> and I was watching the special and I didn't know who Martin Lawrence was. Really? Wow. Never. This would be right when he was breaking. This was with the um You So Crazy uh, yeah, special. Sure. That's the one that broke him. And I'm laying in the bed, and they said, HBO, give it up for Martin Lawrence. And he came out to hear that energy, he had that look. That, you know what I'm that saying? Swagger. That, that swag, like you knew something was about to happen. And then he said, give it up for a motherfucker making money the right way. <sighs> when you making money the right way, you can tell your lady shit like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and she'll shut up too. She'd be like, you so crazy. And I was in the you bed, so right? crazy. I stopped the activity that I was in. And I was like, who the fuck is this dude? I love that. And then that. the next thing you know, he was hosting Def Comedy Jam. He had the Mark Lawrence show. He did sure. a house party. And the next thing you know, he was a household name. My first ex-fiance was uh, Mark. Did you say agent. your first ex-fiance? Yeah. How many first? I mean, how many? A ex- couple. I have a couple. Okay. I'm God not a closer, damn. Donnell. All right. That's Guys, definitely Donnell some white, That's some definitely white girl shit. My first ex-fiance. Hey. You know, like, no, my first ex-baby daddy is <laughs> my culture. <laughs> my first oh, I would never carry the full term. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Bill Branco was my first ex-fiance. And okay. he uh, was Martin's agent. Okay. And he got fired from William Morris for catering to the black clients. That was his. They got. Ma- they said there's no money. So he black was Black Lives Matter before Black Lives Matter before even got before. shot. Yeah. Right. Okay. So he he. They were like, there's no money in it, and he's like, but these guys are talented. You're missing it. You're missing it. They fired him. He wound up working out of a garage. All the black clients left with him. It was Martin Lawrence, Chris Rock, Joe Torre, Del Givens, uh, Tommy Davidson, and Russell Simmons, who had this weird idea for, for Def Jam. <laughs> but see that the weird. Isn't that know, crazy. No, the funny thing about that. Was Russell Simmons new? Like, um, the Chitlin Circuit has been in existence forever. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I started in the Chitlin Circuit. You know, For if real? you don't know what the Chitlin Circuit is, basically. You think shows, they still exist? They don't still oh, exist. Oh, no, 100%. Really? 100%. Like, they're not any, no, not specific clubs. But when I say Chitlin Circuit, I mean, like, okay, down at, the, uh, at Dre's Bowling Alley, they have uh, Explosion Comedy Night. Anytime you put Explosion or Death or anything, it, I don't care what anybody says. It's 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 black comedy. <laughs> I, but, I agree, and I love that. And um, Russell Simmons, Russell Simmons, along with Bob Sumner, they realized that there was a void. They realized, yeah, that, absolutely. They realized that if you watch tele, if you watch comedy on TV, by back then it's like you had HBO specials, and then the only other platforms were like Letterman. You know what I mean? Those other places. And how often did you see a black person on any of those shows? No, or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, not, not too often. And then if you saw it normally, like Letterman and and all the, the late night talk shows. If you saw a black comic on the show, you saw a black comic that was really, really watered down. I was just going to say, like, clean You got to wear it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not uppity, whatever the words are. Exactly. I'm not against any of that, but it wasn't like the pulse 
of black America. It wasn't a pulse of black comedy. And so funny because your agent um, went through that with the agency. And that's just an example of sometimes the industry don't know shit. Exactly. And, you know, at that time, in the, in the, in the uh, what was it, like late 90s, like mid 90s, there was no comedy scene bigger than black the black comedy Absolutely. Scene. You could go on. He was a huge part of that because he started like the mid 80s. 100%. And like, and like that was, it was the only circuit where one, the Def Jam, Def Comedy Jam was so powerful. It was like literally, this was when before binge watching, before you could download, sure. thing, you had you to had wait. You had to go out. Or you had wait, to wait. Yeah. And I'm telling you, when it goes to like the club scene and everything, you didn't go anywhere think about anything until after you watched Def Comedy Jam. I agree. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, 12 o'clock. We want to go out, but we got to wait for Def Gummy. It was a half hour. And that show was just, it just was electric. It was explosive. But the bad thing about it was you saw a lot of comics. Their only glory was the seven minutes. Mm -hmm. So what's happening is that Def Comedy Jam was making, not I won't say household names, but people very popular that didn't um, put the work in to yeah. be established headliners right so what's going on was that you get these guys and the best thing they did was on Def Jam you right. know what I'm saying so now, now they gotta go stretch them, 45 yeah, minutes 45 to an minutes, hour and then they're trying to milk that one joke forever and then it was an example of you know you had a lot of the guys with the nicknames mm -hmm. like the sugar the quack quack <laughs> yes. and what's your, it was so funny when I first started comedy <laughs> you would go you did would you go, do Def Jam yeah I did Def Jam oh, okay Kill when it. I first uh, when I started doing comedy with the whole with the with the whole uh, name, like stage name, I would go to places and they'd be like, okay, what's your name? Donnell Rollins. Okay, what's your stage name? I'm like, Donnell Rollins. They're like, oh. no, 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 no. Oh, what's your Shucky Quack Quack <laughs> name? I'm like, I'm Donnell Rollins. But if you look at where comedy went or whatever, it's not a lot of those 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 guys that had those nicknames and still standing around, especially after 25 years. True, because years. they didn't have what it took. They didn't have what it took. Now, um, what year did you start doing stand-up? I had to start, um, it probably was... Like 94, 95. Okay. So did you start because of Martin? No. I mean, like, was that your inspiration? I didn't start because of Martin, but I was just, in fact, I was in the Air Force, right? I was wow. a police officer in the Air Force, and I was waiting to be a D.C. police officer in D.C., and, th and then at the time, I took a interim job of being, a, I was head of security for a grocery chain called Safeway. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people that I worked with, they used to go to comedy clubs just for fun, because there, there was a guy by the name of Mike Washington, he worked for Hostess. And he would give out um, free tickets to the show where I worked. Okay. So everybody said, yo, we going to the comedy show? We go to the comedy show. So they invited me to the comedy show, and I went. I started heckling, and I became a notorious heckler. I mean, I was so good Hilarious. at heckling that comedians, professionals would come up to me before they went on and said, listen, man, um, I'm trying to work on some new stuff. Could you not fuck with me tonight? I'm like, it's your job to try to make us laugh. It's my job to try to make this audience laugh. And um, the club owner dared me to go on stage. I went on stage, and the first time I went on stage I caught a standing up and I don't think wow. it was just because it was, there's no joke uh, um, there's no joke that a, that a new jack can come up that deserves a standing up but I think the reason it happened because people had followed me they already knew they knew and they were rooting for right, me you know what right, I mean they were right. like they were like people were really excited about he has to graduate from asshole to, to at least trying to do stand up and the first time I went on and I had no comedy etiquette I didn't know what the red light well, meant. Well, yeah, obviously, if you're heckling, know, you're fucking... I didn't know I mean, anything. I didn't know what the red light meant. Because the black... I'm going to heckle you, see, you tonight, you see, see what happens. Nah, you don't want to do that. I'm, a, I'm an assassin now. And I love you too much. I would never... No, I would it's just, funny, though. I would just take my licks, literally and figuratively hey. speaking. So, 
when they put that red light on the first time I went on stage, I'm a black guy. You say red light, that means stop, police coming, whatever. So I didn't know it meant wrap it up. So they gave me the red light, and I was like, oh, shit. They telling me I could get out here. Everybody, ooh, ooh, bring them back. And it was that day, damn near 24 years ago, and I never thought about doing anything. You know how things happen in your life? Sure. Like, this is what I'm going to do. You know, it, it wasn't a job with any type of security or anything, but it was just something I was like, man, I love this. But to your to question about Martin Lawrence, it inspired me. When 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 I saw You So Crazy, then when I saw him come to the Comic Connection Green, but where I started, I was looking at him like, man, this dude, it, like the things that he talked about was almost everything that I talk about, how yeah. I feel, sure. the hood and everything. But he was just so likable and he was just so authentic and it was just, it wasn't nothing like super, super witty. He talked about things that everybody thinks silly. of. Yeah, silly to stuff. me, I think it's that, stuff, that's better. Stuff. Fun. And it was fun. It's real. But I used to always say, man, that 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 that, that dude is funny. He's funny naturally. And I said to myself, he's funny the way I'm funny. Not that I'm like him or anything, but like just the things that he would talk about. Mm-hmm. But those are, that was one of the guys that, especially the era, late 90s, who wasn't in love with Martin Lawrence as a stand-up and I agree. Character. One of the nicest people, too, on the planet, So by dope, the way. man. So yeah. cool. And could be an asshole. Something about fame and money can change your personality, but uh, everything that I know about Martin, a couple of times I met him, and people I know have been around him always been a stand-up guy, good guy. Every And he took care, take care of his people. Yeah. Like, he's got a crew that he's been with since the beginning. And and he puts them in that. his movies. You know, especially them... especially with black people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, you, start, you start the chicken, chicken no, circuit. No, I think every people. No. I got to be honest. I know Well, I'll, of... just, I'll just put it like this. When I say When you say your people, I meant your people like skin tone. Oh, you know what I'm okay, saying? You're talking okay. about your people like staff and the people you work with. I'm right, talking about right. skin tone. Right, I see, and so I see what much, you mean. so often, especially a lot of people I was come thinking up, just celebrities in general. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm cut no, people out. African-Americans. Okay, you know, I got you. I mean. you. Don't, you don't know, get like, caught. Normally you see it, you start, <laughs> and a dude has a, has a group, a posse, whatever, and after a while, yeah. it just, it started. Dwindles. It starts dwindling, and then Jutan Clan comes in. Mm-hmm. And once Jutan Clan comes in, it's like, it's hard to break, but Martin is one of those guys that stay true to Kept him. Kevin Hart is another one. Yeah, Kevin I believe Hart, that. Kevin Hart. I've That's never a North seen, Philly boy. Yeah, I've never seen somebody, you know, um, a black guy with that type of success that has still so many black people around him that are qualified and 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 doing sure. doing a good job. I think like Martin, people like Bentley and all those guys. Like he, Bentley's got a show now. I think yeah. I, I can't think of the name of it, but it's uh like he's they're still in product. They're still working, and they were all the people that worked with him so, on what, the Martin show and the. That's so. That's one thing that's so dope about getting a breakout show. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to start the show. Do you have other people to show that get love? Yeah, you got the producers, you got costume, you got everything. And once you got a banger showing your resume, it def- definitely helps you get your next gig. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, who other were your influences other than Martin? I mean, just curious. Um, it's weird when I say this. Well, people that I really appreciate it. Um, it's not weird, but Black guy sent is uh, Louis Anderson. Oh, I love that. And the thing that I liked about Louis Anderson because. <laughs> Louis Anderson is the guy with wordplay. Like, he doesn't waste any words. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some people, like, they have all this filler shit. He doesn't waste words. And then, like, the, a guy of his stature doesn't move around a lot. To be able to be so expressive yeah, with yeah. just his face, like, you don't have to move. His and energy you just, still comes out. Still You're comes right. out. You're absolutely you know what right. I mean? Yeah, like, now that I'm thinking when you, of when you, If you zoom, zoom, zoom in on him, you, 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 you probably, if you did, like, a... a 
a time lapse mm-hmm. of him on stage, you're mm-hmm. like, when is he going to say something? <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't you don't okay. get like the moving yeah. around, the slapping of the mic and all that. You just get <clears throat> a person that knows the words he use and knows how to use his facial expression, his voice, and everything. And I just thought he was a master of that. I, I really enjoyed uh, George Carlin coming up because he was a guy that um, uh, didn't care about what anybody thought about him. Well, sure. He's seven words. He wants to yeah. Say. yeah. And then I'm from an era like, and the guy that you're really, really close to, like when I was still like, before I even started doing comedy, Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, yeah. Andrew sure. Dice Clay's man, I don't know. That's the only white dude that had every black person in the fucking hood <laughs> quoting his shit. Hickory thick. Go! Yo, we used to get leather jackets dude, and shit. That dude that's was hilarious. Just an animal, man. You know his favorite thing? He's like, yeah, he's like, I'll go to a black club before I go to a white club any day of the week because they love my shit. Like, yeah, it's energy. Just, and you got I don't do- know what it is, but they, it's true. Anytime we go somewhere, if it's like predominantly black, they're like, dice. Like they lose because their dice shit. is energy. Dice is energy. And then the black audience, like, no disrespect to any audience. Sure. But like a lot of times, white audience, like, you could rip and you don't really hear it from them. Until after the show, they're like, oh, my God, I thought you were so amazing. Like, then fucking give me some of those belly laughs. You know what I mean? Right. But Black audiences, they're, they're tough audience to perform for. Yes. But when they love you, you they feel it. You. It's, like, it's like ride or die. It feels good. But this is what I'm, my thing is. I open for him now for a long yeah, time. Yeah, no, I follow you. No, no, I'm just saying this. Uh, I love that. But I'm saying that a lot of his crowds don't see a lot of black people there. No. Nope. But yet when we go somewhere... They go ballistic over. I'm oh, like, you mean in the audience? Yeah. I'm like. Yeah, but it might be a thing of like where they push it and where they market and like what. Like, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe, more in inve- like certain areas, I'll be like, oh, good. Like there's like. But then I, like, I, I go do shows. I do my media. And then it's like they got me on Jam 102s. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like late night slow jams 102. Right. The hit factory. I'm like, what about that goddamn country station in that top 40? And like, why is. There's nothing but black people in my audience because you did Jam 105, the power station where we're giving tickets away to see Rihanna and Chris Brown all day. Call us up right now. We're giving away frisbees at the Fort. Mo- you know, you know, you know, you know, you know <laughs> exactly. that station. I love that it. That might be a thing, but people like, but I think everybody, everybody loves Dice. No, I agree. It's, it's amazing. Like we were just in West Nyack a couple weeks ago and these teenagers, teenagers came over and the kid had a shirt that said virginity rocks and we were like what the hell and he goes hey uh dice we don't want to bother you and andrew was like what like how did that happen he got nervous he was like what did i do like and and the guy he goes, started no, thinking about those women fans. and shit like yeah. that. he's like this fuck how old was she this little 50 old kid like you, you fucked my, my sister you fucked my girlfriend <laughs> that's off with r kelly playing in the background oh jesus yeah but uh, dice is definitely a legend but but the little kids came up and Andrew goes, wait a minute, you know me? And the guy goes, oh yeah, the kid, yeah, we follow you on Instagram. He goes, we saw you in another store and we didn't want to bother you because you were buying sneakers. So we waited and, uh-huh. they, and like they politely waited. And I was like, oh, these kids are dice fans. Like what kind of shit parents? But you know, no, no, I was <laughs> going to say kidding. that shit. You know, but um, I was doing a show the other day and this guy came. To, he said, man, I didn't even know. You. He said, my father forced me to watch Chappelle's show. Shut up. You know what I'm saying? So if you got a 50-year-old that's a dice fan. Dice that's fan, amazing. It's the, the, the history of his parents. Yeah. They were like this. You were like, when I was coming up, you know, <laughs> you, you're talking about DC Young Fly, but I had this guy named Dice Clay. He was selling out the garden, and he was the shit. Nobody could say anything, and it was back when you could just say what the fuck you wanted. 
oh, and then you force it to, and then it goes down another generation. Sure, it's a bit, it, but these kids follow him on Instagram, and that was their favorite. They oh love his God. videos on Instagram. Oh, that's, so that's awesome. Hilarious. That's a tough thing. Like to they don't even them. know how filthy the man is that they were talking to. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. like, don't, don't oh, they know him his diff- they look at that. Oh, yeah. oh my God, so that means that Dice is a YouTuber. <laughs> they look at him as a YouTuber. You're a YouTuber, bro. But, that, but that's the beauty of this, this uh, the social, social media. media. And it's also like the thing of like, you know, as much as like people that have been in the business for a while, mm-hmm. they so upset with some of these guys who get so much fame and celebrity from, um, from the social media or whatever, but you can reinvent yourself. You can I, reinvent yourself. Yeah. And you can find Do you it do it? Way. You do the social media? Yeah, but I don't do it. Like, like you don't I'm, go after it. No, I don't it's go. So I, I love funny. it. Yeah. It's fun. You know what I mean? Because I'm a very creative person, so yeah. it's an outlet. Like, my, my stuff is not like, you know, you're never seeing nothing on my page. Like, that moment when Bay comes up, like that hacky shit that everybody doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not that. Oh, my stuff, the meme shit, right? Yeah, the meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do meme stuff, but it's not like, you. Ha- this is just a certain style now. Yes. You know, they got the, the jump, the cuts are the same cuts. It's like, they got a sound effect. It's like, you know what I mean? I call them the comedians like, cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. Those guys, it's not that. My stuff is like, you can tell it's me doing it. It's you can you. tell it's me. I mean, I go, I I, I, I have a week of uh, posting funny content, and then I get in my mushy mode, and it's all Aww. about me and my son. So it's like when you go to my page, you know, you 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 get a sense of who Donnell is. You can feel me, my, my life that. and everything. Yeah. You have only one kid? One. Nice. thought that was going to go to, that you know about. <laughs> yeah, no. one, one, one son, he just turned four, uh, August 25th. Amazing. The love of my life, my sense of purpose, and I'm so happy. And I, and I had it. I had my son later in life where I really was settled with the fact that smart. I wasn't going to have kids. Oh, no, it really? wasn't. It wasn't. The, it wasn't that smart because I was. I, when I was young, I was reckless. You know what I'm saying? Okay. If, I, if it wasn't for, uh, you know, that situation that can, I, I just feel trouble even talking about it now. Don't. But you know, when I was out there being really reckless, it was when like if someone said they were pregnant, it wasn't even no thought on what the next step was. You know what I'm saying? I look back. I look back at it. I get saddened by it. Interesting. But I also know that, um, you know, if I would have been having kids way back when all my friends were having kids, I don't know if I would have been ready. I would have been questioning yeah. uh, questioning career versus sure. kid, uh, weed money versus kid. <laughs> you know, I really like this chick I got pregnant versus kid. Right. But right now it came to, it came to the point where I really had, I won't say through 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 the talent, but I wasn't letting it um, consume me. Because yeah. you know, I was just like, you know what? I got a great career. Things are good. Good. I got nephews I love. And normally, like people that situation like I was in, when you say if you don't have kids, you just bury yourself in your career. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You bury it because sure. you say this is because ultimately, you know. Before I had a kid, that was my 100 percent happiness. That's where I got my happiness from. Right. And I was cool with it. You know what I mean? But then I just got, you know, they say whenever something good happens, you always say, I was blessed. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I was, and I you blessed. feel it when it really is a blessing. Yeah, like, it was a blessing. And if and if and it feels good, people always ask the question. But before I had my son, it's like, man, when you have this kid, it's going to be the greatest experience of your life. I'm like, I don't know what your life consisted of. <laughs> but um, have you ever had a biracial menage a trois <laughs> in Cancun? I mean, my son won the... <laughs> 
<laughs> he didn't win the popular My vote. My son's cool. Yeah, but... yeah, he alright. You know what I'm saying? He but right, but he's know. not that he's not Ebony and Ivory living together in perfect harmony. Not at all, but you know, he, my son is here. I love him to death, man. He's just, he's just everything to me. That's amazing, though. I'm Thank a nausea drunk and So, wait, you started in DC, that's yeah. where you started. And yep. how did you get out of the Air Force? Like, how do you? I, my, my, enlistment, my enlistment was up. Ah, yeah. okay. So, you only served like I served my you got you have four year enlistment, four sometimes right. people I don't know who in the hell would just commit to eight years out the gate without feeling yeah. how it was, but it was a four year enlistment, and I thought about staying in because my me going to the military I wasn't really that um good in school not that I was dumb yeah, or but anything, you're in but the air force that's you got to be a little bit smarter yeah they you it's not like a that. marine where they're just like yeah but then it you all know how to kill this to, person right right you know it comes down to the, your ASVAB test so you know what I mean no matter what branch you score you have to test right yeah, yeah. Air, for, air force out of all the branches People consider it the most prestigious branch. Right. Or the Navy. The, yeah, the like Navy, they're usually those, neck yeah. and neck, the smarter ones, if you will. They don't have the grunt jobs. No offense, Dad. My dad was a Marine. Yeah. He oh, fought yeah, in Korea. Oh, my God. So he, yeah. he still, does he still talk like a Marine? Absolutely. Like he everything is believe. like, I need some dinner for Correct, girl. Yeah. What? Marines always oh, Marines. Yeah. Anything they talk in letters and number. What was your job? Nine two Bravo Charlie Foxtrot. Man, his name's Charlie. Too. <laughs> yeah, Marines. But I, I'm not going to front. <clears throat> the Marines. They're, they're bad. They're bad people. They're bad. They're my my skill. I was a police officer, so MP, law enforcement special, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you go to you go to your basic training, then you go to technical school. Technical school is when you learn whatever trade or whatever you want to do. And as for for police officers, the Marines and the Air Force, they train together. Okay. You know, and that was kind of cool, but they used to talk shit about us. We used to talk shit about oh, them. Oh, my dad goes crazy. I know. The worst thing he would he would um he would appreciate this story. So the Marines, they had the macho theme song. Okay. From the halls oh, of Montezuma right. <laughs> to the shores of Tripoli. It was tough. It made you want to fight. Somebody was going to yeah. stab, kick ass, sure. or whatever. But the Air Force song was gay as shit. And nothing's anything wrong being gay, but the song was like off we go into the wild blue yonder, climbing high. So the effort song felt like you was auditioning for Glee, man. And I'm telling you, if your dad could hear that story right now, he'd Why be like, you help he'd be like this. I love this guy. What's I'm gonna truth? call him tomorrow and tell yeah, him. Tell him he'll, love he'll, that. He'll be like, there's so much truth in that, but that's the truth. Because he he would say like, uh, I, I know I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this word, but. At this point, I don't give a shit. Uh, but he would say about the Navy, well, those were the faggots that give us the ride. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, inappropriate. Well, I, I don't know. Inappropriate. But. I don't know how they got uh, <laughs> that name. That name. But anything, like if I went on stage, I was like, any any Navy here? They'd be like, yeah. I'm like, no, any real Navy? I don't know how they got that persona of being like the soft branch, whatever, with people always. Yeah. Say, and I'm pretty sure your dad, you, I guess you could say, your dad said it. Your dad's. It's older. That was a generation. 83, yeah. yeah. That was a generation where those was transitional words. Right. You know? <laughs> it's like, I thought I like, I like that guy. You know, people always make the argument about what word you can say, what words. I say what word in particular, like the N word. When you use that, when you talk to somebody that's 80 and you talk to somebody that likes 20, they're never, ever, ever, ever going to understand. No. Or agree with anything. Because you got all. one generation that grew up when the word was used to really hurt you. Yeah. And you know it's something totally negative. But then you talk to somebody that's a rapper, whatever, it's a whole different thing. So that's one of those things that will always be argued with, but there's nothing you can do about it. And it is what it is. It is what you're right. Yeah. And the 80 and the 20-year-old, neither one of them. And black people, we, we, we tried 
to find a word to compete with the N word. The clothes we got was cracker, but it did, didn't flow. Peckerwood. Pecker nah, wood. man, that don't. Yeah, but sound. if you go to jail, like it, as a white person, like you have to stay with the woods. I, like that's. A whole I don't even thing. see. It. I'm not even. I don't even think that's like. Oh, you can't say that. Like, oh crack, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we tried so hard with cracker. Scary. We yeah. tried to make cracker work so much that the one cracker didn't work. So you had to put another one. Like I think it means more if you say cracker ass cracker. You know what I'm saying? Like cracker that, ass cracker. Yeah, yeah, cracker ass cracker. Like cracker is nothing. Like, what, did you call me the double cracker? You know what I'm saying? There's no word that we could get to, to even come close to competing with that. Did you put ass in between crackers? Cracker ass cracker. Cracker you gotta ass have a, cracker. You gotta, you gotta have that a flow. From? Who did that? Was it Eddie Griffin? Cracker ass cracker. Man, it sounded like something George Jefferson would have did. Maybe. I'm pretty sure he did. What do you get? Yeah, because that's another no, thing. No, honky like, was his word. Honky. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Honky's a good one. But it don't, it don't, you know what, you know where the word came from, right? Honky? Yeah. No. Way back in the day doing the I can't what year this was but anyway, when um white guys used to come in and try to solicit uh black prostitutes, they wouldn't really go to where they were. They would just stay like in the cut honk. and they would honk. Oh. And that's where honky came from. That's I'm amazing. pretty sure if you Google it, like the origin You're... of honky, it'll probably come up the same way. Might be a little twisted a little bit, but that's what it is. I heard something crazy last night. We were Byron Bowers was talking about he shot a movie in North Philly. Oh my God, him and his punk ass movie. We get it. Stupid. I think Byron Byers is doing spots but just to tell you can tell people he did a movie. Him. He's a good but guy. I'm just what he was him. talking about was um, you know, these cowboys, these urban cowboys. These the, they're like concrete cowboys, they call right. them. And in North Philly they have them in abandoned buildings. They have horses, like a stable in an abandoned building. Mm-hmm. And so whatever, they're doing a movie about it. So we were talking about it and I said, I just I've when I see like a black like especially in Philly, there's a guy dressed in like an Adidas suit on a horse that's hilarious yeah. like it's just I don't know it's just two oh, worlds well, colliding but now that little Nas and open that to world me, right over yeah. yeah but to me because I'm from South Philly so I'm like what the fuck what's he doing on a horse so right. it doesn't make sense so um then Byron said cowboy came from um because the slaves were the boys so they, they huh. were the, the they were the cowboys right and I, I didn't know that I did not I never even wouldn't even put that together because cowboys I just, you know what this means Hmm. You need to date a black guy, oh. so you could. Find- My father's still alive. <laughs> no, no. I'm not trying to oh, kill yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's man. like, oh yeah, that would be. You're it. stupid. But those are the type of white chicks that black guys go for. No <laughs> one like this. Is there a chance of you losing your trust fund now? Ride or die. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Are we going to do this? Oh, my God. Philly, and he's 83. Yeah, let me stay away from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my dad. Yeah, yeah he'd laugh. Hey, he'd, girl. He'd like that Marine joke until he like. Oh, he until, would. You like that joke so much, Dad? Hear me, Donnell. You brought oh a colored God. guy yeah, here. He was like, yeah. "What in the Sam's hell?" You know, you got to name a name Sam's or something. What in the Sam's hell is going on here? <laughs> Wait, you speak different languages too. Not really. I speak Wait. Uh, Korean conversation level. That's insane. And, no, it's, it's not. not. I, I, I'll just be like, I speak more Korean than the average black guy that is being followed in that same store. <laughs> you know, what? I'll say that. But um, no, it's nothing. How like, the hell did you learn Korean? I was in the Air Force and I was stationed in Kunsan, Korea. And I was, wow. and I used to work like the front gate, and we worked twelve-hour shifts. And you work, it would be two Americans and two Korean guys, because we were protecting the perimeter and we checked the IDs coming in. So if you work with somebody for 20, 12 hours, you're gonna get sick of staring at them. That's true. And you want to communicate with them, so we would share words and sit down and and help each other. Try with it. to but, communicate. Yeah. Yeah, but it was enough for me to be able to um, go downtown, and uh, a hooker couldn't ch- cheat me out of money. 
Ah, there you go. These and, are the uh, key words to learn. Yeah, I always the, learn the curse words, yeah, like Spanish words, and Thai. I go, I go, like, for, yo, I go, hapchi da omayo. That's how much was some pussy. Sanuk, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then, then you like, and then they tell you the price. I go, pisayo. That means that's too expensive. <laughs> but you got to say it like you're totally frustrated <laughs> like this. I go, pisayo. Regular Hyundai. Hyundai is no. And it's got to come from your throat. Hyundai. You want a Honda? Yeah, like a Hyundai. 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 Yeah, all the bartenders were Thai. When, oh, Mitzi, yeah? when Mitzi first started here, she only trusted Thai guys. So mm. when I f- would wait tables here for years, mm. I'd be getting drinks and they yelling and shit. I'm like, what are you guys talking? What are you saying? Right. Is it me? What it is was it? Thai guy. You, you were like, what are you Chinese guys saying? Yeah. <laughs> what are you that's so wrong, uh, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. See, that's <laughs> funny. This is how comedy is fucked up there. That was a funny joke. It came naturally whatever. But as soon as I said, I was like, this, uh, who's going to be pissed about that? Oh, not mm-hmm. our fans. We, we oh, yeah. even if they hate us, uh, like they hate what we say, they tell us. I, we don't care. Right. We we invite haters, we invite lovers, all of it. Man, I love everybody. This, needs I to love, be happy. I love so. what this club has. No, they, yeah. When was become. your first time coming to the comedy store? Well, the first time ever coming here. Uh oh. I think I was probably doing comedy for three months. Oh shit! And okay. I was here with my family. We went to Disneyland, Anaheim, wherever. The, the yeah, yeah, Disneyland. Anaheim. I think it is. And then um, <clears throat> I just came here. My uncle was with me, and he knew I wanted to be a comedian. I was doing everything to be a comedian at the time. Let's go to the comedy club. So we came here, and he was like, "Um, I'm gonna get you on." Hilarious. Because he had a lot of money. Okay. So he thought it was gonna be like, "Hey, can I talk to you for a second? Here's a thousand dollars. Put the guy on." Right. But he didn't know the whole process of being passed, or whatever. Right. And I was trying to tell him, no, you can't do that. You know what I mean? He's like a street guy. I'm like, no, nah, you can't do that. And then I saw Paul Mooney on stage. And I oh. was like, I've never seen. One of my favorites, by the a way. A performer walk half of an audience. Unbelievable. I was like, is he really talking to these white people the way he's talking to them and in their face? I didn't know about, I didn't know about, like, he was like, oh, nigga, 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 crack, crack, crack. Oh yeah, it's crack, crack, crack. And I, said, nigga, nigga, I say it every morning. It yeah, makes like, my teeth white. Yo, and I and Great I was joke. just I was watching him like, oh my god, that that was the first time, that was the first time that um I ever came to this club, and then I was never passed in here. And like when I started, did you get co- a showcase or did you like? I mean, when you I came with your uncle, did you get on no, I didn't in get the belly on. room or anything? No, I didn't get on anywhere. Okay, it was just like. Door guys would have taken your money and put huh? you on in the belly room. Oh yeah, I didn't know that, and I would, and they would have got yeah, no, like go upstairs. Uh, we got this little room upstairs. Yeah, so. nobody's gonna know about it. But it was just like I Why was is just it so dark. You're fine. I was, just, I was just mesmerized by a guy that could have the voice he had and not worry about anybody thinking. And half the audience was laughing at it. Half the stuff was offended, but he didn't give a shit. He just that was my favorite thing about Mooney is that he never ever gave a shit. He would call me. Because uh, I was Mitzi's assistant. So I was here, all like, you know, if he wanted his checks cashed. I, my favorite thing about Mooney is that he was ghetto every day of the week. Like, right. there was never, like, oh, I don't. Like, he would be like, I, I need my ca- check 
cashed. Right. And then I got to go pay my phone bill. I'm like, no, you're Paul Mooney. What right. are you doing? Exactly. Like, oh, I would bump into him at line at the gas company. I'm like, right. no, <laughs> no. Like, you can't be gangster. He's like, I'm going to do this. But it, I, we became such good friends and he would always, oh, the white lady. I don't think he knew my name. I'm going to be real honest. Right. He always called me the white lady. He called everybody the white lady. He would call, no, he would call here and be like, put the white lady on the phone. That's and they'd hilarious. be like, which one? That's all of them. Mitzi? Like, who are you calling? You know such the a white legend. lady. Such a legend. And they would come in the kitchen and be like, uh, I think Mooney wants you on the phone. <laughs> white lady? Yeah, he's a very, but he, we, we, it was cool to get to know him. I'll do a Chappelle show, but outspoken, oh, yes, that's outspoken right. voice, strong guy, and just awesome talent. So, we, some streets, they say some shit about him in the streets right now, though. What, who you is You didn't hear about the, oh my God, you didn't hear about that? I'll knock the shit out of them. Who's talking about Mooney? No, they said, I'm kidding. They, so, one of the guys, one of them shows, said there was a rumor that Richard Pryor had a hit out on all Mooney. All Mooney. Okay. Because I believe it. But I don't believe yeah. he had a hit on him. I believe he just started talking shit because of a rumor or because yeah. of a knowing or whatever way you want to look at it. Yeah. Mooney's a very open person. Oh, yeah. But that, that story. Quietly. The, the story of it. <laughs> the story of it is so, to me, it's just like, whoa, when does it stop? My well, the rumor has it is that, <laughs> rumor has it that Paul Mooney fucked Richard Pryor's son. Right. Right. And I was like, that's a fucked up story. I was like, wait a minute. But there's another rumor to say Richard Pryor fucked Paul Mooney. So, so many rumors. So many rumors. And I'm like, you talking about. so hard. You talking you about. You wouldn't know. You talking about the ultimate payback. You yeah. want to fuck me? I'm fucking your son. And then, oh man, it just. Over. But then again, now I'm not saying then again, but back then, motherfuckers had certain type of drugs that make motherfuckers just be that's what I'm free saying. to do whatever. Mitchie would tell me about parties at her house and uh -huh. like. The aftermath, and she'd be like, just don't. We just had to get somebody in here to clean it up. And I'm like, what? Like, what happened? Right. But it was so much like, uh, I know I'm very close to Jennifer Pryor, Richard's wife. Like, there were so many things. And even at Mitzi's memorial, Jennifer was like, you know, I never forgave Mitzi for fucking Richard. And I'm like, wait, what? No, <laughs> I, I this isn't the time. Oh, like, my God. So there's so many stories come up when people get older. My right. favorite person on the planet was a guy named David Banks. Whenever somebody's about to die, stay away from them. They're going to tell exactly. all your truth. Exactly. tell all your shit. Yeah. It's all coming out. Like, right. I hope Mooney didn't type a lot. You know what I mean? I never like, forgave Mitzi for fucking Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Richard was, was fucking like, everybody. He, I, she was on stage. I go, Jennifer, just get to. Right, right. It's about, you know, all right. Oh, she said that. The thing? <laughs> oh my God! They go hard in the paint. That's, oh look, who's here? Ricky. So disrespectful to me. Look, so disrespectful. Ricky, Thank you for having me on the podcast. He did text. Yeah, no, I'm just <laughs> he's he's blacker than us. That's yeah, you, why yeah, you did. You like super. And you know what's so funny? I tried to be on CP time. Yeah, he did, I was, and I was still early and shit. Man. I figured once I got the diabetes, I have free range. <laughs> nah, you you, you can't stupid. just say you got diabetes. That's you type get, one though. You gotta get. You're amputated. not on the right team. <laughs> you gotta get amputated. Yeah, you he's, love that Popeyes, that sweet tea. Well, you gonna pay for it when well, you fucking really down with hip hop years later. But he's type one. So oh, type one. That's not right. Oh, yeah, that's, that's white diabetes. Shit. Yeah, that's yeah. white diabetes. Yeah. 
is. <laughs> it's like Scandinavian <laughs> shit. That's not that's not like the sugar. <laughs> yeah. You know, the sugar is black. When you got diabetes. the sugars. Yeah. Yeah, you got the sugar. I was borderline a couple years ago. That's how black I am. Damn. It's great. It's my favorite thing. Both my parents have my the son and them. My son's talking about daddy. He think he everything is he tried to be health conscious about everything. He was like, Daddy, apple juice, I was he said it's not good for you. It's not healthy for you. He said it's too sweet. I was like, bruh. You go, and I hate to say this, white people get really mad when I say this. When we go to McDonald's, right? What? Yo, yo I like McDonald's. Still? I'm like, son, your order is a Happy Meal chicken nuggets. He says extra. He <laughs> extra says, chicken nuggets? No, no, no. Extra, extra uh, honey mustard sauce and a sweet tea. Oh. And I'm like, that's just his mom. She's Latin, half Latin. I'm like, how the fuck is my son ordering a goddamn <laughs> and a sweet tea? Damn. But then criticizing me about strong. apple juice, man. Yeah, that's apple juice bullshit. is sugary, but as a kid, it was like that was the healthy shit. Yeah. yeah. To, uh, I don't. I was, but now I'm like, oh, yeah, this, I gave, this makes my heart stop. I gave Maybe my daughter apple it. juice. I'm like, yeah, it's good. It's juice. My wife's like, you can't give her that. Like, Why? <laughs> He's got a three year old. Yeah, my you son just turned four. four. Yeah, I just had a birth. I just had a. Um, what is your daughter into right now? What's the thing? Um, she's into Muppet Babies and uh, just being a terrorist. <laughs> oh, she's no, no Paw Patrol. No um, Ryan's. Oh, and Paw Patrol, she, she likes Paw Patrol. Yeah, I did a party for my son Sunday. And I, I know this is so racist and fucked up, but yeah, whatever. There's one thing, like, you know when you have a ba- baby, a kid party, you don't really care if the parents show up. Right. You need kids. Yeah. Because yeah. the worst thing is your kid to have a party and it's yeah, I feel like all no adults and no kids. Yeah. But I realize if you invite 30 black kids to a, 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 baby, a, a kid's party, you probably get 30 parents. <laughs> right? Yeah. You invite 30 white kids, you get like 65, 70 Yeah, parents. that's doubling up. Yo, you get, Step-parents are there. Step-parents. Yo, you get, the you get nannies, opars, what are the motherfuckers called? The, uh, the fly word for oh, a nanny, a yeah. pair, a par, whatever a, it is. Yeah, I don't, Swedish hooker, all right? Anyway, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You get that shit, but when you invite black people, it's like this. Okay, you going to take Ray Ray to the party or am I going to take him? Yeah, right. They were showing up with parents. Can we and, drop him and off? And they wanted to... Sign release forms and shit. <laughs> and then I had to order different drinks and shit. Like where I would get like Capri Sun. I'm getting honest everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like water, oh, like everything. Yeah. Like what's in that? Is that gluten free? I'm like, yo, it's a fucking... Eat this cake and get the fuck out the party. Let's sing happy birthday. <laughs> what's the pH level on this water? Yeah, what? you're like, get out Shut of here. Shut the fuck up. I can't. Yeah, I've been to some of those white parties, if you will. Uh, Ugh. They, they still invite you to white parties? Well, it's a kid party. Sure. And my friend, uh, Lauren, and her husband, they have two kids. And they're very wealthy, whatever. Yeah. And I went to, it was her birthday party, the mother. My friend Lauren, huh? and she invited her friends with the kids because they have a pool, and it was huh? just ridiculous. Crazy. The nannies, the fucking everything, the whole shebang, and I'm like, you, you got payroll. Yeah, you, <laughs> you got payroll at the goddamn kids. You got to rent another place. But it was the dopest, so dopest thing, and like, um, and I had a uh, my son's into Paw Patrol, and I did um something in Toronto a while ago, and I met a voice actor that happened to know um one of the. Paw Patrol cast people. Right. And they did a personalized um, uh, happy birthday to my oh, son. Oh, nice. And it was so funny because, you know, in Hollywood, you have a kid's party. It's definitely like a networking session. Sure. It was agents and producers there and shit. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I was, I just wanted to shit on all the parents. You know what oh. I'm saying? You know, you got, the only way you should parents like your cake, the cake, fucking like, I've I never been married. So my, every time I have a birthday party, I basically try to do a wedding cake. Smart. <laughs> 
yeah. for my son. It's like, damn, that look a wedding cake. That's the closest you're going to get, bitch. Right? <laughs> but then, and then it was a time for to say happy birthday. So I had the, I had a, uh, the file of the birthday greeting. And um, I made sure everybody was quiet. And it was like, hi, Austin. I heard you have so-and-so. You know who this is? I can't say who it was because they yeah, get in trouble. Right. It's like, yeah. from Paw Patrol. Pa, 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 pa. And I was looking at it. Then it played one time. And I didn't get the ooh, ahs. You I was get like, the response. Must be. <laughs> is this mic going? Like, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Everybody said, be quiet. And then the kids look at the, the fucking kids look at their parents like, you don't know anybody from Paw Patrol, Dad. You're fucking shit. <laughs> It was so I made the rewind. I even did a remix like ooh, 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 pop, 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 patrol. <laughs> but it's a dope thing. It's a dope feeling. I got a loser. He bought me a brand new car, but he That's doesn't why. know the Paw Patrol people. Yo, let me tell you. Years ago, I did. I, I had a really short scene in Spider Man Two. Okay. Right. Okay. It was at the beginning. It was a. I think I. I want to call him. it an iconic role. Sure. People would call it a reaction shot, a reaction. <laughs> but it was a. It was a scene where. Well, I only have to start a scene, but anyway, I was in Spider-Man too, and at the time, I'm, all of my friends had like young kids, and one of my friends, I remember this, uh, he said, um, uh, he was talking to his daughter, right, and his daughter said, um, "Daddy, you think um, you could get Donnell to um, introduce me to Spider-Man?" Oh, right, and what a father! To his response was like, "Well, babe, you know, I know Spider-Man too." And she looked at him like, yeah, Dad, I know, but Donnell worked with yeah. Spider-Man. Like, like, you know him the way I know him from comic books and the movie, yeah. but Donnell, like, has a relationship. Like, I hang around in Brooklyn with Spider-Man. It's like, yo, we're going to go over here and meet Niger, man. I'm like, This is my friend's daughter. Spider-Man, meet Niger. Niger meets Spider-Man. But it was like, and at the time, it was like, oh, you, well, when that movie came out with all my friend's kids, I was, they was looking at me like, you know this sound right here. Whoa! Yeah. Yo, a whoa. That feels good. It's like a standard ovation when it comes to kids. Yeah. You know, like a, a whoa or a wow and an expressive one, like, whoa. They get yeah. so excited. You know, like white nannies. White nannies? <laughs> Yo, I'm going to get a white nanny. I'm going to get a white nanny. I'm going to get a white nanny. White nanny. And I used, I used to, like, but I, this is before I had kids. I was like, why is everything so. <gasps> but you have to be that way with kids. Yeah. You know, white nanny, when when, when they do teach ABCs, like, A, B, C, <gasps> <laughs> Black man's like this A B motherfucker. You gonna get it right? How many times I gotta tell you? It's A B. You know the song, motherfucker. But the, everybody, the white man's like, oh, here we go. We're going over the bridge. You you, you you gotta act. Yo, you, I'm telling you, do a recording. I never had of, a nanny of, of a black kid, yeah, <laughs> just like, an actual nanny, like black black a, a black babysitter, a white babysitter, and how they do some um, bedtime stories. <laughs> it's like just go to bed, motherfucker. Hickory dickory. Blah, 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 blah. White people like this. And then the water came down and thunder. <laughs> you got to act the whole shit out, man. It's like a, a I, mini play. I, I feel yes. so bad because uh, we obviously can't afford a nanny, so I'm, I'm taking care of the kid. And all the kids she goes to preschool with are rich as fuck and have nannies. And the kids all seem so much better well-rounded. My uh, daughter's just generally angry, which I'm like, all right, that's my fault probably. My son goes to a private preschool and I know, oh, like, um, he, my son did something, and my th he thinks it's funny. He is funny. <laughs> and I and I know the difference in how he was raised and how I was raised. Um, uh, the other day I was leaving the crib hard. and he slammed the door. Bam! Like slammed it hard. The type of slam, like when I was growing up, my mother would have been like, okay, you about to get your ass whooped. Right. But I can't 
beat my son. Yeah. I can't. I can't pop him because he goes to a private uh, preschool and he'll snitch. Yep. I Word will get out. Private school. They they train kids to snitch on their parents. Yeah. They sit down. You're and right. Like, they You're sit down like this. Right. So what is frustrating about your father? You know. <laughs> and then when I slam, when I slam the door, and like I don't pop him. I don't. I'm. I don't. I. I don't know. I popped my son twice. And only the one. And the only time so I did. Cute. The other reason. The only time I did is because it was a situation like if he does something that I think could cause him bodily harm or get him hurt, I don't have time to sit down and reason with you or try to explain that. it you know the what I'm reactionary saying? It re- yeah. it's reactionary like we were on the sidewalk one time he acted like he was about to dart away from me toward the street and i popped him i don't have time to be like you know you can be hit by a car i gotta let you, i gotta make you almost shit on yourself with the thought of make him aware that. now yeah. absolutely i so agree when yeah. I, when he slammed the door i came and i said and i said but i threw a you know swear word in there that was my my version of a pop. thundering yeah. yeah i was like uh... don't you ever do that shit again and he looked at me like this I'm frustrated with you, Dad. <laughs> no, you know he ain't say this nigga here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, said, he, said, he said I'm frustrated with you, Dad. I was like, okay, well, you know what? You got a long time to be frustrated with me because I'm not gonna stop being your dad, right? That's hilarious. <laughs> so I left and I called back his mom answered the phone or whatever, and I was like, what's going on? He said, um, she said, um. Austin is upset with you. I'm like, oh my god, are you down with this private school shit too? What the fuck do you mean? He's like, Austin is upset with you. And I and I said I don't give a shit again, but I was like, how do you know that? She said because of the things that he said about you. And I'm like, this I don't want to hear. It, but you know what? Let me hear what this guy had said. I said, what did he say? She said, you're gonna get mad. Then she said, he said, she said, my son said, I want daddy to pack his things and go to New York. And oh. I, I said to myself, that sounds like something you said, right? He said, I, she said, my son said, I want to, I want daddy to pack his stuff, move to New York. I'm frustrated with daddy. And then he said, and daddy is invisible to me. <laughs> Damn. Let me tell you something. As a dad, I was excited and upset at the same time. <laughs> I was upset that he could actually say that. But I was excited that he actually said that. Because I'm like, when this dude gets into a roasting match on the fucking playground, he's going to hurt some feelings. Yeah. yeah. Like that, the line, the sentence. Invisible? The structure of it. Any adult could use that. Yeah. You can tell anybody, you know what? Pack your shit, go to New York, I'm frustrated and you're invisible to me. <laughs> invisible. Yeah. But I'm petty and I play too much. So when he was like, you're invisible to me, I was like, oh, you know what? It would be so fitting if I could be a bit invisible right before your birthday. <laughs> right before Christmas is another time to be invisible. Yeah. Let's pick these times to be invisible. So when I came home. Does he Sam, laugh? Does he laugh when you say like stuff oh, yeah, like yeah, that? He to, okay. Good. Oh, yeah. He's okay. funny. So I, so. So when I came home, I'm standing in front of the bed, and I'm like, all right, let me see if he can see me. I got my my arms out like, yeah. you know, he might try something invisible. But if I put my arms out like this, yeah. you know, I'm not invisible. And I, I said, Austin, am I still invisible to you? He said, no, daddy. I said, why? He said, because I love you. Aww. And I was like, oh, but I'm petty as shit. I was ready to do this invisible beef. My son's <laughs> a, my son's a, um, he's a snackhead. Okay. You know, he loves Skittles. Okay. You know, that's his thing whenever he could try to sneak one so when he was beefing me and i was invisible i already had a pack of skittles in my pocket i'm like this oh i'm invisible i'm like i'm about to eat these the whole bag of skittles one skittle at a time <laughs> and i was gonna be like i don't know he would have been like daddy can i have a skittle i'm like i'm invisible but he's so quick he'd be like yeah but i could still see the skittles right <laughs> you know the, what i mean but the candy's still there but he's like he's he knows what i do for a living yeah he thinks he's funny. He tells his friends all the time. 
He's a comedian. The other day, he said he had a, a shovel whenever we go to the beach. Okay. And he said, he put the shovel close to me. He said, Daddy, I dig you. Damn. No, then he said, get it. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Like, you know, as comedians, he said, Daddy, I dig you. Get it? Dig you? I was like, oh, my God. This motherfucker's a monster, man. I love him. Yeah. Oh, my God. And my daughter, she, she'll go, my daddy's a comedian. And then I go, do you know what that means? She goes, yeah, you tell jokes like Fozzie Bear. I'm oh, like, that's damn, hilarious. That's who I, that's my, who da- my son to. says wokes. He tells wokes. <laughs> I said, he, whenever I'm going on the road, I'm on the road all the time. He says, daddy, where you going? I said, I'm going on the road. He said, I want to go on the road and tell wokes with you, dad. Aww. I said, do you got any wokes? He said, yeah. I said, what? He said, caca. Damn. It and is an said, oldie, but a good one. I, like, I said, that's it? He was like, no. I said, what? He said, I'm open. That's like that's right. That's a writing session for three or four years yeah. old. You got five kindergarten like preschools. I sit down. Yeah. All right. So how are we going to do the caca bit? Yeah. Right. So a couple of months ago, I was at Montreal Comedy Festival. And he came out to see me, and um, he's been to some shows before, like early shows. So I'm backstage. I mean, I'm on stage. He's behind the curtain. He can he can hear the audience. He can't see him. Audience can't only know he's back there, but he can hear the laughter. And I'm on stage killing the audience. Him. Say, he's looking at me like this motherfucker funny and shit. He didn't really say that, but his body language, if he could say that, he would say Right. He was like, yo, this motherfucker's ripping. He's ripping. And then um, I to the audience, I said, I said, um, shit. I said, oh, I'm sorry, I meant caca. My son looked at me like, did this motherfucker just do my caca bitch? No. Yo, no. Yo, he looked at me and he stopped laughing at my jokes. He was like, man, like, he's all right, right? And then uh, he looked back at his mom like, I can't believe this motherfucker stole the only bit. I ain't even got a hot five. That's my closer. I, that's I my closer. That's my opener and my closer. So I brought him on stage. I was like, yo, this is my son, Austin Rollins, whatever. So I bring him on stage with me. And um, and I pick him up. I said, I love you. He said, I love you too, daddy. I said, you got any jokes? He said, yeah. I said, what? He said, and he looked at me like, motherfucker, I was going to do the caca. I, I had did. two bits. Yeah, yeah, I had two bits. You ain't got no, no fucking off. etiquette for that fucking headline. Motherfucker. You know you're supposed to say, is it, if he would have came up to me like, if I'd have said, Austin, is there anything that you don't want me to touch, right? right. Like, or, or anything like yeah, that, you know, let feature. me know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything you don't want me to step I on. I hate when like, features what? do that shit to me. I, this motherfucker told me one time, he said, Donnie, is there anything? I'm like, motherfucker. I have hours of jokes. <laughs> Do you? You watch? got that ten minutes, motherfucker. Yeah. And this is what motherfuckers don't understand. You don't have to ask that question if you just. Do your shit. That's my son doing the motherfucking caca joke yeah, right there. Yeah, what is that? That's Some my son. My fucking infiltrated the fucking line and shit. He's like, Daddy, I got, got a color. <laughs> yeah, if you, watch, if you watch a motherfucker, you can get a, a general idea. But like, I'm like, motherfucker, it ain't no, there's no joke. That first of all, whatever joke you, you're doing, you're doing 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, you probably got 15 minutes worth of jokes. Right. There's no jokes that you're going to do that I can't adjust to or whatever. But it's like, is there anything? This shit ain't even that funny to worry about something I touch on. I just move around it. Plus, if you, I mean, any, any kind any of reasonable headliner, headliner should be we'll able make to make it funny. Yeah. Be funny regardless of what Whatever. It's like, doing. oh my God, that joke you did about Michael Jackson. <sighs> fuck out of here, man. I. <laughs> I, I got I 25 years, fucking, bro. So. Yeah. yeah. I do this bit. I say black people, white people do shit different. That would kill almost every black comic in America. <laughs> Don't say black people, white people, anything. It's like this. Uh, nah, it's a difference. Like, we the same, but we different. I like the way black comics try to flip that fucking hacky ass shit. Oh, you're stupid. Yo, they what? like the black people different. No, we the same, but we different. No, we do things different, but we the same. I'm like, 
That's the same motherfucking set. <laughs> Twist it up. You're amazing. Um, so do you have any... Wait, this is what we were talking about because he came here in 94 huh? and his uncle was going to pay somebody to put him on stage. Didn't happen. But who brought you in? Adam? Did you come in through Tommy? Adam. You So Adam was like... Yes. Yeah, okay. One, he's the one that... He's the one that said the Negro can pass. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. We have a couple well, of Negroes Tommy, we're going to have this year. Yeah, I didn't know if, who you met. You yeah. never met Mitzi. You never met Tommy. I never, never met... And it's so funny I mean, when I first... Because you're uh, already well-established, so it's well, like... not. it's weird. Not in the stand-up comedy world. I was established in the acting world. Like, people... Yeah. You know, I only did... Now, I know it sounds crazy. I only had one special. I didn't have a lot of stand-up uh, appearances on television. So, mm-hmm. people knew me as a dramatic actor, because I did The Wire... HBO's a corner all along yeah. and all that stuff, and they knew me. They didn't know me as a stand-up. So when I, and when I first came out here, it was like when I first moved here, I was I would come around and no, you know, wasn't nobody but wasn't on my chalk or anything. I knew I was funny. I could, I was passing the cellar and all these other places. Sure, but I wasn't working here. And I was like, damn, what the fuck do you have to do to be here? And I was one of the guys that um, Indian dude used to take the avails and Jay, shit. Jay Mandium. Yeah. Yeah. Wear glasses. Mm-hmm. Nice yeah, kid. Yeah. yeah, the weird thing was he was the one that was pushing for me because I let him open for me before and it was just like one of the things. He, yeah. he was the one that was like Donnell, Donnell, Donnell. Even the first time I did I got a spot, it kind of threw me up because the OR room can be very intimidating because almost right. like audition, I lights in front of you. And I, I thought I did okay. Then I got another shot and I stopped doing it. next thing you know, I was passed. And it wasn't like me being past the club wasn't a big deal because I you work I, everywhere. I work everywhere, but the same way with me getting past this southern everything, wherever they said the best comedians were, you want to be there. I want to be there. And I used to look at the marquee and I used to see the names and know not to be insulted to anybody, but I was like this. I know, like, I work oh, with yeah. these motherfuckers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then once I got my groove, and then once I got comfortable with the OR, now it's like, it's dope. Yeah. But I also saw the comedy store come back. Yeah. You know Which what I mean? Because, I mean, when I first moved here, I was like, because, you know, you hear the comedy store, you think about good old days, sure. and you think about the parties, Fire, you think yeah. about everything, and then you're like, what the fuck happened? Did somebody yeah, drop a like, bomb? There's 20 people in the whole building. Yeah, I'm like, more and it's a lot of motherfuckers to fill out. I <laughs> yeah. like this. It just felt eerie. Oh, it was. It we were here ugly, working. You know? Trust me. And it then was all of a eerie. sudden, it just seemed like it just came back like, bam, like right now. Now what, it's like what, a, what is it's just it's just crazy. Like I, I even tell people, people like I like I come here sometimes just to hang out sometimes. Yeah. Sure. Because the energy is just so it's, be- it's, it's way so better. Dope. It feels so good. Yeah, it's yeah. the only club that I, I want to hang out at. Yeah. Like where and if I'm just gonna hang out. Like I right. don't I don't go to the improv and just like I bet there's gonna be some cool people here. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it's always and like, I like it, but you know, and I and I like that great. room. Yeah. But this vibe, it just feels so electric. You get the I mean, it's you, on you sunset. You work off the energy, yeah. You get yeah. the people, like, you, you do a show here, and it feels like you perform for the entire country. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's how, I don't know what happened or who got fired or who got hired, whatever whatever happened. We do. Fucking worked. <laughs> yeah, we, well, I know you we know, know who got you know, fired. Like, hey, wow, we know all about it. Um, well, you're amazing. Thank you so much. They're yelling at me for time because we went over. But no, no, cares? it's because I'm black. It's because I'm it's black. He's black. Fuck that. I haven't used a race car in 32 and... minutes, man. Uh, do you have a race car? I was here. Oh, do it's I have that, a race car? Uh, it's that Donnell's after Neil, and Neil's not here yet. So, oh, uh... man, I got fuck you. Neil. <laughs> okay, Fucking right. Neil. Sexy motherfucker. Uh, so, Donnell, do you have anything to promote otherwise? Like dates um, coming up? What do you got? 
You're amazing. Shit, I don't or even they, know my DonnaRawlins.com. There you go. I'll be uh, September the 12th. I'm doing um, the next installment of uh, Netflix, The Degenerates. Nice. Oh, um, yes. That's great. That's coming up. That's going to hopefully be my gateway to getting a special. If not, I'm just going to try to kick ass for 15 minutes and see what the world likes about that. Yeah. It's Bobby um, Kelly and Nikki Glazer. A couple yeah, of people. Yeah, Pat. It's going to be Pat. Dope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, <gasps> the, that's the next thing. Other than that, tour dates, DonnaRawlins.com. Uh, uh, Kevin Smith has a new movie, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Mm-hmm. That's coming out this October. Kevin Smith is amazing. Yeah. Just to be a part of, you know, I grew up on Jan Bob. So for sure. some reason, for me to get on that, I don't know how the hell it happened. But I'm grateful for it. I'm thankful. And I'm also thankful for anybody that's ever that's been following me for the last 24 years of my career. I appreciate you guys. Through the good, hey, the bad, and the ugly, I will always continue to always give you 100% when you see me live. You're unbelievable. Thank you so much. For you know how I feel about you. You already know. <laughs> Donnell like he says, I don't press charges. <laughs> the ultimate crowd lover. Me too, listen. <laughs> All right. Look, here's the deal. If you found $100 on the floor, right, would you just walk by? No. no. You pick it up. You're not a moron. Of course you're going to pick it up. You pick it up. And guess what? You're going to go home and you're going to be watching football. And you're not. Gonna, you're going to be like, oh, this is who I want to win. Then they win. You're sitting there. With, with, with nothing because you walked by a hundred dollars on the floor you didn't put it on the game you're a moron all you gotta do is go to mybookie.ag today if you go today and you put in s-t-o-r-e as a promo code store that spells store in case you didn't know it store S-T-O-R-E. Look, you can. here's the thing. You can bet one team, right? And then all of a sudden, halfway through, be like, hey, I want to bet the other team. You can do that. How great is that? You can change it up. Do a parlay. Have a parlay party. Everybody's a parlay. And everything's exciting because you win. You're going to be watching the game anyway. Why not make it more exciting? Damn right. It's really exciting if you have money on the game. Yes. It really is. It makes you anger. makes you tense. makes you exciting. It's exciting. So go to mybookie.ag today put in store as a promo code s-t-o-r-e you can't spell store i'll punch you right in the face do it right watching a football game is more exciting if you have money on it look you can just do, do the smart thing if you're gonna bet if you're gonna bet this football season bet with my bookie don't be a moron you know that if you're gonna do it this season don't waste time. These people, you win, you play, you win, you get paid. It's that simple. It's that easy. They, You win, you don't have to chase a bookie down. No, they just pay you. It's that easy. So why not go there and get paid? Hello, get paid. Mybookie.ag. Go today. Use promo code STORE, S-T-O-R-E. Get your shit together. Oh, Josh, do you have any dates you want to promote? Uh, yeah, actually, coming up. Don't go coughing on me. All right. Oh, go to my website, EleanorJKerrigan.com uh, for dates and come to the comedy store, as always, to see live shows every week. Rick Ingram is here, even though he left now. Yeah. But Josh is here. I'm here. And, Thank you, uh, Josh. I appreciate you uh, letting me do this. I am going to be in Las Vegas the 6th and 7th at Vegas Valley Winery and Sunnyvale on the 8th at the Off Rail Off the Rails Brewery on the 9th, Berkeley at Gilman Brewery, Sacramento on the 11th at Yolo Brewery. And which is cool is on uh, the 13th, I'll be in Portland, and so are you. Yes. So that's going to be Harvey's awesome. Harvey's Comedy Club, but where are you? I'm at Oak Hill Winery with... Uh, 
Willie Hunter, yes. and it's Dan Madonia's first headlining tour. So, Ooh, Dan yeah. Madonia. And, Good job, uh, Danny. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'll be at Harvey's uh, October 12th through the 15th, I believe. So I'm uh, very excited about that. I've never been to Portland. So let's get the, some shit going. Come yeah. out, see a show. See him, see me, see it all. Have fun. On the 14th? Find me in Seattle also. All right. That's good. Thanks. He's crazy.